Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Welcome back to our number two of the ESPN 1320 Insiders. Get ready for the most up-to-date sports news and talk with the ESPN 1320 Insiders. The first of three hour number twos today. I'm Kyle, that's James. We're hanging out with you until two. We're typically only with you until noon. Want to thank everybody for listening on the radio. Maybe you're listening on the free Odyssey app. We greatly appreciate that. If you are watching on YouTube or Twitch, thank you so much. YouTube.com slash ESPN1320, Twitch.tv slash ESPN1320. If you're watching on YouTube, please make sure, or on Twitch, please make sure to subscribe to the channel on YouTube. Hit that little notification bell so when we go live, which we do Monday through Friday beginning at 10 a.m., you get a notification that we are uh, up and rolling. And if you're in the video right now, please go ahead and hit that thumbs up. Hit that like. We would appreciate that tremendously there's been so much nfl talk on this show through the first hour and i want to transition to the sacramento kings who now sit in espn's power rankings down three spots from where they were last week they're not number 11 they were all the way up to number eight just inside the top 10 now they're just outside the top 10 they're behind the celtics nuggets bucks timberwolves 76ers thunder clippers heat mavs and knicks as badly as I wanted to be like, this isn't fair. I'm actually fine with it. I am too, Kyle. I think that's, I think that's probably the right spot. I think I maybe, wish I had a great argument against maybe the Knicks, but outside, like, here's where I'm at with the Knicks. I just don't believe. Uh, <laughs> I have questions <laughs> about a player like Jalen Brunson who is excellent. Jalen Brunson is awesome. He's going to be an all-star. He deserves to be an all-star. He has improved as a as a three-point shooter and what he does getting to the lane and creating shots. He is one of the best shot makers in the NBA right now. Full stop. I have questions about him leading a team that is constructed like the Knicks. I don't think they have enough around him to supplement his skill set at his size to be a true championship contender. Okay. Like, I don't think Jalen Brunson, I think this is something that Becky Hammond brought up. Like, if Jalen Brunson is going to be your 1A, I think you have a problem. And that's not to say he's not really freaking good. He is. But I'm just not sure that he can be the number one guy on a title team. A Giannis. A... Steph, a Jokic, a LeBron, a Dwayne Wade. Like that, that to me is the tier of player that needs to be your 1A, especially if you're going to be built like the Knicks or Julius Randle. You know, he's pretty good. Yeah. RJ Barrett, okay, he's a good player. But 
that's just my thoughts on the Knicks. I'm okay with that because he's not like I mean he's a he's a good scorer and, and you know he's really tough to defend. Mm-hmm. I think it was um, I, I'm pretty sure I asked um, Davion Mitchell who is the most difficult player for you to defend, and he said it was Jalen Brunson. I think that's who he said. Um, that would that would track. Like he's just so physical and shifty and solid, strong. Mm-hmm that he's tough. And you know what he, Jalen Brunson is like a better version of Malcolm Brogdon. Mm. If that makes sense. Like, I I just think he's like the next level, the next version of, and I think he's a really good player, but you're probably onto something. I'd also point out like the Knicks are 17 and 13. Kings are 17 and 12. Yeah. Like if I were doing power rankings, if there's only a, if I had a beef, it would be to, to move, um, the Kings up one spot, but that's about it. Like outside of that, I think it's probably probably pretty accurate. That's why, yeah, the Knicks the Knicks have some really good players, but I think the Knicks. This fits with what I want to say. I think tiers work better than just trying to rank the teams because I think you're right. If you wanted to nitpick, you could probably put the the Kings above the Knicks. Yeah, if you wanted to just kind of nitpick, but I think at the in 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 the larger scope of this, the Knicks. Uh, maybe the Mavericks, the Heat, probably the Thunder, probably the Clippers are all in that in that basket of teams where you're going. Yeah, they're they're good, but do you see them winning a title? Mm-hmm. And I I think you could okay you could talk me into the Clippers if you tell me you're going to get 100 percent health from all those guys and they went and they won a championship. Okay, you could talk me into that, but again, that's asking a lot from that team to be healthy through June. So I put them I put them in that basket. And I think the Timberwolves, they still got a lot to prove. Yep. So that's where I, I think if you're gonna really do these kind of rankings, I think the Kings are in, in that bucket. And when you look at the Knicks specifically, I look at this Knicks roster and you're going Jalen Brunson, good player, Julius Randle, good player, um, Dante DiVincenzo, fine contributor, Josh Hart, fine contributor, Emmanuel Quickly, good player, RJ Barrett, fine player, Mitchell Robinson when he's healthy. Um, really good center, just an elite rebounder. Although they think he's out for the season. Yes, that's correct. So it sounds like he's out. Yeah. So now it's Isaiah Hartenstein. Who? Oh, okay. But again, you just look at that, and it's okay. That's a good group of players. But are you picking that team to go beat the Celtics in a series? Are you picking them to beat Miami in a series? Mm. Or the Bucks or the t- or the Sixers? I'm just not. No. No, I, I I don't know that I like the way that they're constructed or that I have any faith in them being like a really good team down the road. Yeah, I don't I, like they they're a major piece away, a major major piece, probably a piece that's better than their players, and that's really difficult to do. Mm. It's really difficult to go out and find someone like so. That's when I look at the Kings and I'm like, okay, they're they're a major piece away, but that major piece doesn't have to be better than. De'Aaron Fox. It doesn't have to be better than Demonis Sabonis. If it's somewhere between, like, like Keegan, slightly better than Keegan Murray, or who you project Keegan Murray, or like right below that, like they need a third or a fourth player mm-hmm. to improve, and maybe not even that because you've got Malik Monk. So maybe they need a fourth, fifth, in order to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. But that's not where the Knicks are. I mean, the Knicks are like 
they're set up that if you could find an elite small forward that would go in there like that that's better than everything that they have somehow they magically acquire their acquire this player while keeping the same players Mm -hmm. then maybe yeah but like from 10 down their entire lower half of their roster is is just not good at all yeah i I think i'm i think i'm with you i mean i i looked just a second ago and like it, their tenth leading scorer is Evan Fournier at two points per game. Sure, and then it goes like Taj uh, Gibson, Jericho Sims, Miles McBride, uh, Daquan King's legend, Daquan Jeffries, obviously Dylan uh, Windler. They've got like Ryan uh, Arch. Oh man, Archie Diacono. Yes, Villanova legend. Yeah, he, he's played ten games this season, two point one minutes per game. He's scoreless. I used to think that when he was when he was on the scene at at Nova, I think he was there at the same time as DiVincenzo. Yeah, um, I thought his name was Archie Diacono. Oh. First name Archie, last name Diacono. Oh, that makes sense. And then, then at some point, his Chiron came up and it said Ryan. I was like, what? That guy's name Archie? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, they're they're like Team Villanova, right? So isn't Jalen Brunson Villanova guy? Oh yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I, I you know it's they possible. should hire Jay Wright is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I mean I just don't think that they're that impressive as a, as a squad, and, and they're not deep at all. Mm-hmm. Like you get to the tenth guy on the Kings, and you're still you got you know players that can actually I, play no, ball. I think the Kings are better top to bottom, but I also feel the same about the Knicks as I do the Kings. Like just in terms of their overall ceiling, where okay they could beat any team in the NBA on any night. Okay. They have the they have the players to go beat the whatever team you think is the best, the Celtics or the Nuggets or whoever. But when it comes down to second round of the playoffs, eh, conference finals, oof, mm. I think they're kind of in the same boat. But to your point, I think top to bottom roster wise, they're probably uh, they're probably better. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, I would I would take the Kings roster every day of the week. Hey, do you think here's a here's a fun one? Do you think that if you just like pick up just flip flip the jerseys where everything is exactly the same, but we're going to put the Knicks in Sacramento and we're going to put the Kings in New York. Seventh in the ESPN power ranking. Thousand percent, dude. Seventh. Yeah, they're definitely above the Knicks. Yeah. They're definitely above the Sacramento Knicks. They're definitely above the Mavericks. They're likely above the Heat. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's right. Seventh. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I would think so too. And I mean, like, look, we're talking about a team. The, the Kings have six guys averaging double figure scoring. Mm-hmm. Like, this team can score. Yeah, and, and their top tier guy is averaging thirty a game. Yeah, I mean, their their number one they is have a bona fide MVP candidate. Yeah, their number one is better than the Knicks number one. Their number two is better than the Knicks number two. Yeah, their number three is equal to or better than and younger than R.J. Barrett. And then we start getting, and and then their number three, I would take Malik Monk over Manuel quickly, and I'm a huge Manuel quickly guy. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say the Kings' top four players are better than the Knicks' top four players. Boom, 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 boom. Uh-huh. And then after that, it's not even close. Yeah, the Kings are better at at every single position. They don't have even a guy like Kevin Herter. They don't have a guy like Harrison Barnes. They don't have a guy like Trey not Lyles. a Josh Hart guy. Uh, well, okay, I like Josh Hart. But again, Josh Hart's averaging single digit scoring and like Yeah, they're a they're a strange. I would take team Josh for Hart for sure. Yeah. I like Josh Hart a lot. 
anyone that can rebound uh, from the God that game on national TV the uh, last last year against the Kings was nuts. It doesn't. What do you have? Nine offensive boards in that game? Yeah, he's incredible as a rebounder. <laughs> Ridiculous. He just outworks you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that's what that's I, I what makes that's it. what makes some of the Kings rebounding issues so frustrating. Yeah. It's like, bro, just try a little harder. Yeah. I'm not just, even going to point anybody out. I'm not even going to say anything. Just go Here's grab it. a rebound. Just grab yeah, a one. rebound. This one. Six right. foot seven, six foot eight guys that don't rebound. I, I don't understand. Let's uh, there's a there's a larger discussion I want to have as it pertains to the Kings roster though and these rankings and the teams that are ahead of them uh, that I want to get into next. Uh, we'll continue that discussion and where the Kings stack up. Not 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 against the Knicks or the Heat or the Mavericks. I want to talk uh, big dogs because that's really I think where where the next step is for the Kings. We'll do that on the other side. This is ESPN on the other side of the break. Sorry, Damian. ESPN thirteen twenty. You're listening to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento Sports Leader. Now, back to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Hey, just a quick reminder, Golden Sky 2024 is going to be three big rowdy days of country music and all the festival fixings you can handle under the sun and stars. That's right. It's all day. Sun, stars, the whole shebang. Mm. Word on the street is festival fixings means beer, so lots and lots of beer out there. Get your crew lined up because ESPN 1320 has your chance to win weekend passes. Just visit ESPN1320.com and fill out the online entry form for a chance to win two weekend passes and you'll qualify to upgrade to two VIP weekend passes. Also, another housekeeping note, 4.30 today. James and mm-hmm. I are on until 2, and then at 4.30, uh, Thursday night football, Jets, Browns, get fired up. Last Thursday night football game of the year. I'm going to be dialed in. You should be as well, and you can listen right here on ESPN 1320. Maybe you're driving home. Maybe you're driving back from vacation. Maybe you're driving to vacation. Either way, tap Either into way. some Jets, Browns, Thursday night football action. I've already got my flannel. I can now go out to and get the fixins. You're going to fit in so good out there? <laughs> that with your PBR hat? My PBR hat. I love my PBR hat. It's a great hat. It's a hot hat. Yeah. It's yeah. really good. Uh, we were discussing, uh, like during the break, we were discussing um, players like Jonathan Isaac. And there's someone who's very adamant, loves Jonathan Isaac in, in the chat. And that's fine. Um <laughs> And I think the Kings should be out there looking for the next Jonathan Isaac, what Jonathan Isaac was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, but the fact is, Jonathan Isaac still isn't who he should have been, and and he probably never will be because he's 26 years old and he's gone, like, he's had so many injuries, it's ridiculous. And, you know, it, it's fine. You can say, hey, he's been relatively healthy this year. He's played 21 games. Um but he's averaging 13.6 minutes per game and he's averaging 6.4 points and he's not shooting the ball well from the perimeter. Like the idea of him is one thing, the actuality of him, but that is who the Kings should be looking for. Like that type of player. Yeah. A shot blocking big who can stretch the floor offensively. Yeah. But that's a, not super easy to find. And those guys don't typically come available. Yeah. And Jonathan Isaac specifically, you talked about it at the break and it's the, key point with him having nothing to do with anything off the court he just can't stay on it oh yeah he can't stay healthy yeah i mean people he's the sixth overall pick in the 2017 nba draft he's literally the pick behind De'Aaron fox mm-hmm. 
But it's just like the pick in front of De'Aaron Fox is uh, Josh Jackson, who's out of the league. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Out of Kansas. Oh, yeah, the number four pick in the yeah. draft. Uh, he's he's done. I mean, he's, he's out I, of the league. I mean, the Kings even got him as a throw-in in a deal just to match salary. Yeah, was he? Did he? Did he go to the Warriors for a second? It's possible. I feel like he was a Warrior hmm. for a second. It's possible. I might be wrong. I would just say this: Josh Jackson, who who's no, out of the league, right? Who's never with the Warriors, right? Josh Jackson, totally out of the league. He has played sixty-seven hundred minutes in his career. Jonathan Isaac is still yet to crest four thousand minutes. Oh my God! Uh, Frank Intilikina. Uh, Intilikina. Yeah. Okay. He's at fifty-four hundred minutes. He's fifteen hundred minutes ahead of Jonathan Isaac. I mean, it like that whole entire draft is a bunch of injury dudes. Uh, here's a crazy one: Markel Fultz, the number one pick in that draft, yeah, has played fifty one hundred and seventy two minutes versus four thousand for Jonathan Isaac. But how about sixteen thousand for Jason Tatum? And thirteen thousand five hundred and sixty-nine minutes for De'Aaron Fox, like eight thousand more gracious. minutes. Yes. <laughs> Here at like the number one and number two pick, Markel oh Fultz God. and Lonzo Ball, they have combined to play fewer minutes than De'Aaron Fox. Wow. This Dang is a man. this is a crazy draft for minutes played. Like a, even Zach Collins, the number ten pick. You think you know Zach Collins? You want to punch him in the face? I real just a good. Like, I don't have anything against him. Just a swift right hook to the jaw would really do my soul some good. He's at 5,400 minutes in his career. That's it. He's really? 8,000 8, because he had the the shoulder and I think an ankle. Yeah, he missed like... No, I know he's been banged up. I would have I would have had him at, at way north of that. That's yeah. bananas. Yeah. There's some great players in that draft, though. Uh, Donovan at, at 13, Bam Adebayo at, uh, at 14, and John Collins at 19, Kyle Kuzma... Uh, Jared Allen at 22, OG Ananobi at 23, and Kyle Kuzma at 27. Wow. Josh Hart at twenty at, at 30, and Jalen Brunson is in this draft, right? I always felt bad for Josh Jackson because you could just tell, like, that dude wasn't it from the jump. Yeah. Like, okay, good defender, good athlete, but my man has no bag. I hate saying this. <clears throat> okay, Bill Self is, is a wonderful wonderful coach yes. at Kansas. Yes. And what he does that I think people don't understand because I we've had so many players from Kansas come through. He goes out there and he finds players that have raw talent who have been through the ringer. Mm -hmm. Like some of the worst stuff you've ever seen. Like Darnell Jackson. Um, at Darnell Jackson, by the time he was like 23, almost every person in his life had passed away. Best friend gets uh, gets executed at, at school. He finds a dead body at school. His father was killed uh, by police officers. Um, you know, mother and grandmother. Like I, the same, the same exact thing with uh, Thomas Robinson. His family history is brutal and horrible. Right, right. Uh, you look at Ben Mclemore. So Bill Self makes he has a system in place. He has a support system in place, which is maybe more important. He's able to make men out of out of chaotic lives, which is amazing. Mm -hmm. But they get to the NBA, and a lot of those guys are just not 
like they don't know how to live outside of the bubble that is Kansas. And that's yeah, tough. Yeah, and I think there's I think there's just an aspect of of what and I, I don't know exactly what it is, but like it's kind of the opposite of Rick Barnes. Like Rick Barnes whole thing is like, dude, I'm here to make NBA players. Yeah. I got if we win, great, but I'm here to get guys ready for the NBA. I don't know that Bill Self does that. No, he tries to win. And I'm gonna admit I don't I don't watch enough like deep dive college hoops to know 100%. It just feels that way based on players that have come out of Kansas who come into the NBA. In fact, Scott Pollard, I remember saying this about Ben McElmore. He was like, this dude's game is not going to translate. Yes. He said the same thing about Thomas Robinson. Mm. And he knows a lot about Kansas basketball. Yes. So that's, that's I, I don't know if it's something with their system or with the way Bill Self coaches or with the the talent specifically but yeah it was so josh jackson was the guy in that draft that it's like i i get i guess if you need an, an athlete who can defend and maybe he learns how to shoot maybe he's Kawhi, but Kawhi went what 16th yeah like that you're not taking him top five there's a lot of like brandon miller that it's like sort of a similar style of player mm-hmm. where it's like look the raw skills are there but you need a lot of work to get those raw skills to translate. Mm. And maybe it works. Maybe it does work. Maybe, but it also might not. Um, I think really... Brandon Miller's having a good year. Yeah? Yeah, he's it. He's at 15-4-2, uh, 15, 15 points, four boards, two assists, half a block. He's 37.6% from three on five attempts. Okay. He's, he's better than I he, thought he was. He's got some skill. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And, so. and LaMelo being out gives him... Uh, Gives him uh, a little more, I think probably rate. some runway. Yeah, then more runway than he would have had. Anyway, I just think that like the Kansas program like develops talent really, really well. You know, yeah, for college, for college, mm-hmm. and, and it and it creates like the, he really does help create take some kids out mm-hmm. of situations that are horrible. I mean, mm-hmm. the Ben Mclemore stuff, like when him and his brother yeah. were were kids, they would go mow lawns so they could get like a quarter from somebody, so they could go down to the corner store and buy top ramen so they would eat like and they had to decide between having power on or or paying the rent i mean that's that's how he was raised yeah but bill self has a way of like developing kids that are in bad situations putting them in a safe spot making sure that they have the right environment around them to to become healthy adults and so hat tip to him it just doesn't always translate to the nba yeah random tangent we went on today no, it's fine. I, I'm I'm here to talk about former drafts, especially. <laughs> this is I, I want to make sure I'm saying this correctly. Injuries are always bad. Injuries yeah. suck, and I wish that there weren't any. And I wish that every player got a chance to have a fully healthy career. And maybe they pan out, maybe they don't. But it sucks when you see top five draft picks who have four thousand minutes played in their seventh season because. They can't stay healthy. Like, yeah. that sucks. But it is nice in Sacramento to be able to talk about a draft where it's like, yeah, the Kings got one. <laughs> yes. yes. After just so many years of oh, Thomas Robinson and Ben McElmore and Jim. We, we don't need to mention uh, that they right, had need to two other first-round picks in that draft hey, and hey, an hey, early no, second-round no, pick. No, no, all. no. We don't need all that. No, no. No, no, no. It's like, hey, they, they, they got them. 
they got a they got an MVP candidate with a top five pick. I mean, that's the like, process, let's go, baby. That's the process. It is. And like for whatever Vlade did wrong, he didn't leave the the team with a horrible contract that they can't get rid of, mm-hmm. and he left them with the one star that you were hoping to find. Yeah, you got now, a one A. He could have got two or three. <laughs> we could be seeing the Sacramento Kings with. Darren Fox and Bam at a bio playing alongside each other. Oh, well. College teammates that are like really close as friends playing alongside each other instead of 3,000 miles well, apart. Well, you have from that. It's other. Malik. Yeah. But you could there have you also go. had Malik too. I mean, just saying. <laughs> I'm trying to, dude, I'm trying to lift up here. Here you go, dragging <laughs> it down. Trying to have a good time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that thing I said last segment that we were going to talk about that we didn't talk about this segment, we're going to talk about it. Uh, next, Manny in our YouTube chat, uh, in the chatty house, youtube.com slash ESPN1320, also twitch.tv slash ESPN1320. He brought up a really good point about where the Kings are in their building process and why where they're at isn't necessarily bad. And I really want to hammer that point home. So we're going to talk about that next as we talk about what the Kings need to do to become title contenders in the NBA on the Insiders. You're listening to The Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2. Sacramento's sports leader. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, back to the Insiders with James Hamm and Kyle Madsen. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320. Talking about worst, our worst draft takes at the break. I was just kind of out on Anthony Davis. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of random. <laughs> I remember. Like, yeah, no, he's good, but I mean, is he going to be able to play? I remember watching Vince <laughs> Carter play at North Carolina and was like, I am all in. Yeah. And then when they drafted Jameson before him mm-hmm. and then traded him, uh, what was it the fourth and the fifth pick, right? Mm-hmm. The Warriors swapped. Yeah. Yes. Um, I was like, "Like, man, you made a mistake. Yeah. And they did. That's tough. It's tough. Like, Antoine like, Jameson was a fine player, but he's not going to the Hall of Fame. No, and, and part of his, like, watching him play at the college level, like, the high-release stuff, his being able to play over the top of, of mm-hmm. bigger players, that's fine. And, and it worked in the NBA. It just wasn't consistent it wasn't what you would expect it was no. like nearly as good as it as mm-hmm. what you thought it might be he had back-to-back 50 point games once that's cool 
Okay. <laughs> now, there's what's crazy. Somebody said this when Vince Carter was still playing, and I thought this was just kind of encapsulated his career and just how not only how long he played, but the way he evolved as a player. This is in the when, when was he with the Kings? Twenty eighteen. Yep. In twenty eighteen, somebody was like, "There are full blown adults who only know Vince Carter as like a jump shooter." Oh yeah. And it was oh my god, that's true. Like he hasn't been Vince Carter in so long, but he's just carved out this really good second half of his NBA career where he's a really good role player. Yeah, I think it's nuts. there's um there's a group of players from his era that did that. Like Jason Kidd as a young player versus Jason Kidd as as like a middle aged player. You know, Jason Kidd ends up being like I think he was second when he retired, second all time in like three point makes. He couldn't shoot at, at all at Cal. He oh, couldn't yeah. shoot at all the first like five years of his mm-hmm. career. And then all of a sudden it's like, hey, look at how good how good this guy is. I mean, he just really continued to evolve as a player and like super, super impressive. But, you know, we're talking about a guy who even in his in his fourth season shot thirty two point three and he finishes at thirty four point nine, but like so many three point makes. Um, yeah, his last starting in 07, 08, 38 percent, 40 percent, 42 percent, 34, 35, 35. After going no better than 34 for the first half of his career. Yeah. And it's, it's funny, like Vince Carter was basically DeMar DeRozan with better hops. You know, that's mm. that's what like when he came into the league, he was like a mid range jump shooter. Yeah. With an elite finishing at the rim like he like vents in transition he's the best in-game dunker of all time yeah I, very possible very possible the best in-game dunker mm-hmm. i'd say him and maybe sean kemp mm, uh, sean kemp's a good one yeah like sean kemp when he decided to roll to the rim there's nothing you can do yeah, amari stoudemire had some of that too yeah uh young that's Amari. that's the era of the nba that i really missed out on was the like tracy mcgrady Amari Stoudemire in his prime, like yeah. Amari, like Amari Stoudemire was was, um, like I understood how that he was good and he was just like a really complete scorer and he was, but I didn't like fully appreciate it. Mm-hmm. So Steve Francis, another player, I just kind of missed. Oh yeah, it was, never look up Steve Francis on the internet now. No, 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 no. He did not age well. No, he's not. He's not doing great. But he, I mean, excellent player who I've since gone back and you know, yeah. But, I have so many friends who were like, Tracy McGrady is the best scorer ever. You know what's crazy, And I used too. to think that was nuts. And then I went and watched as much as you can get on YouTube. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, some of the stuff he could do is wild. Ridiculous. So I actually, um, I had been collecting, I, I've collected quotes for years on, I was going to write a, a big man book, right? So I have quotes from, like, Bob Lanier and, um, man, Patrick Ewing and like That's Hakeem cool. Olajuwon. Like I have quotes from these guys mm-hmm. that I, I sat down with them. I I told you the um, Dwight Howard story. Uh, I sat down with Dwight Howard and interviewed him for for the book. Uh, I I don't know if I'll ever get to it, uh, but I actually asked Kevin Durant when he was young about you know because he's six eleven doing he should be a big man. He's not a big he man. He's seven feet. Yeah, he's seven foot. Okay, but he, he should be, like in the old old NBA, he's like a, Posting a skinny center. Right. Right? Um, and I asked him about sort of the evolution of the big man and and then also, you know, sort of 
the Michael Jordan era and how much that ha- impacted his his game and mm-hmm. his life. And he said, actually, it's not Michael. And he said, and I think a lot of people my age, they don't look at Michael Jordan the way that people from the outside do. It was Tracy McGrady. Tracy McGrady was the guy who we all looked at and were Man. like enamored with. And I'm yeah. like, really? Yeah. He's like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It wasn't it wasn't Michael. It was it was Tracy. And you know, of course, Michael becomes Kobe. Kobe at T Mac, uh, you know, like yeah. the pro- progression there, it's pretty quick. Yeah. Of like they just keep getting bigger and doing the same thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's kind of interesting the way the NBA evolves and how players look at specific players. And now there's a lot of players who probably look at at Kevin Durant as the guy that yeah. that they look up to. It's it is so wild listening to I mean any NBA player talk about who they think is good. Oh yeah. Because it's very rare that you're going to hear an NBA player say about another NBA player that guy sucks. Because their view is like <laughs> off the record. Right, right. There are but, plenty of times I've players were like, "Oh, <laughs> sure." Yeah. But for the most part, it, there's a like reverence for other NBA players. Yeah. That like uh, Austin Rivers does a podcast called Off Guard that I that I enjoy a lot, mm-hmm. and it, he always talks about these are the 450 best basketball players in the universe. Like yeah. none of them suck. So that's his whole. So like okay, but in the in the context of the NBA, some guys aren't as good as others, which is fine. Um, that changed my opinion about Kobe Bryant a lot. Where I used to be like, man, he shot the ball a lot. Like I get he had a bag and. I get he had all these moves and his footwork was crazy and this maniacal work ethic and he wanted to be like Michael. Oh, look at all these videos where he's doing the same moves as Michael. I get it. But like, I mean, come on. But then you talk to Dante Green, Doug Christie. Um, I'm trying to think of other guys who have I've been around in Sacramento. Um, Jason Thompson. Uh, all these guys. Uh, Austin Rivers on his pocket. Any NBA player you talk to Talks about Kobe Bryant, like he is hardest player I ever had to guard, um, toughest defender I ever went up against. Like there is a reverence for him even before he passed that was just like I need to. I'm wrong. Like <laughs> I, my opinion of Kobe Bryant is very wrong based on everything all these guys who played with and against him have said about him. Yeah. So I've had I've had many discussions with Doug. Yeah. About Kobe. Yeah. Even even before he passed, mm-hmm. um, and I even I have two interviews in the can that I was doing for a documentary on the 2002, uh, like an audio documentary that I was going to do mm-hmm. for NBC um, on the 2002 Western Conference Championship team. But because uh, that wasn't a big enough thing for a national audience, they wanted me to tie it to something else, and so I tied it to. Uh, the the death of Kobe and mm. how how the the Sacramento Kings of that era viewed like the villain of their story mm. afterwards and like so I've got Scott Pollard I've got uh, Doug that I've had long interviews with like Doug and and Kobe he has a reverence for Kobe as a basketball player, but they did not like each other and they did not like each other off the court. Yeah. And it continued long after their playing days. Sure. Where Kobe had even like completely snubbed Doug and Dougie at a basketball camp in Seattle years later. And there was like a lot of bad feelings. Sure. Leading up to, you know, when he passed. Um, But Doug will tell you like he, 
he decided to try to take away Kobe's ability to see. So he was running at him, putting a hand in his face. And like it worked in like 2001, right? Yeah. It totally worked. Like it totally threw off Kobe. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, the Spurs took it to the next level in the mm-hmm. next round. They saw what Doug was doing. He said, I played against Kobe in the preseason the next year. And he said, I think Kobe literally had someone run around with their hand in his face the entire off season. Probably. In his face the whole time. <laughs> he knew exactly where he was on a court at all times and exactly what distance he was from the rim. Yeah. He didn't need to see the basket. He didn't need to know anything. He knew exactly where that thing was. Insane. And you could no longer, he's like, what I did one year did not work the next. So as a competitor, you had this reverence for what he was able to yeah. focus that he had. He had to take away something that you did Man. To take, he's like the chess match with him was crazy. Man. But at the same time, like, you know, it, like there isn't a lot of, I don't know, uh, there's a lot of reverence for him, but he wasn't the nicest guy. No, I, I, I this yeah. is not, I am not talking about Kobe Bryant, the human, just yeah. the basketball player. Mm-hmm. I was always just on the side of like, yeah, I mean, he's good, but I, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the it. same way. I'm and kind then, of the same way. And then you talk to people like all these guys who played against him who were like, no, he was the hardest guard I ever had. Oh, yeah. He was the toughest defender I ever had. He's the toughest competitor night in and night out. You know, it's like, and then the other thing was the, have you watched the Redeem Team documentary on Netflix? I don't think so. It's 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 pretty good about the, the 2008 um, Beijing Olympics basketball team with LeBron and Dwayne Wade. And I mean, just this insane level of talent and they talk about in that documentary like they were really struggling and then kobe joined the team Mm. and it was just this ridiculous level of talent on this team but kobe bryant stepping into the building just changed everything Mm. and i man no it makes sense i I mean his greatness forget uh, why we're talking about this yeah um, I, we get, we get sidetracked here on the insiders. Yeah. Kyle, Dude, you give me, well, this is the, so this is the whole thing. I've really enjoyed preparing for four hours because this is a conversation we couldn't have in two hours. No, that's true. So. It, it, yeah. I mean, like we can stretch our legs a little bit yeah, and just kind of run with something that maybe, yeah. uh, initially doesn't make a lot of sense. So, yeah, I think that there are so many contributors to the game that change the way the game is played. Mm-hmm. And it's why I, 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 have nothing but like the utmost respect for Steph Curry. Mm. Like, and there are things that Steph Curry does on the court that I think are like immature. And sure. you know, like if I were playing again, there's the thing that he kicks out and all that stuff that I don't like, but my goodness, the way he's transformed the game is mm. amazing. But you can also, that's why I think the NBA more than any other league has organically grown in a, in a way that, allows for creativity it allows for you know people to become something so much different years later and you know you can look sort of the uh arvita sabonis and and vlade divots that those two as passing bigs yeah what they do to evolve the game it can't mm-hmm. be ignored what dirk Nowitzki does as a seven footer who can shoot off yeah. of one leg like it evolves the game. There's all of these pieces that help evolve the game in a different mm-hmm. way. And at the end of the day, like it's, it's such a collective, like uh collaborative mm-hmm. 
like league that has allowed one one thing to become another and another and another. And I, to me, that's the most interesting thing. It's like it's why I think the NBA keeps growing and Major League Baseball keeps dying because Major League Baseball is literally the same thing each and every year. It's just a different person doing it. And every once in a while, we see a Shohei Otani come through who does mm-hmm. something that looks so different and so amazing. But then they're gone, and there's not going to be another Shohei because of Shohei. Mm-hmm. But you know, again, there was another Michael. It was just he was Kobe, mm-hmm. and there was another Kobe. His he's just you know maybe it's Ant Man. Mm-hmm. There's all of these like ways that the the league grows and changes and does different things. Um, but you see different versions. I mean, the fact that you know, I, I asked Chris uh, Jet one time, uh, Gent one time. He was an assistant on the Kings uh, during Michael Malone's uh, like year plus, right? So 2013. I said um, Demarcus Cousins has a lot of things that that Hakeem Olajuwon did, and he just laughed. He goes, "Man, Hakeem couldn't dribble the ball twice." He's like, <laughs> did you just watch Demar- Demarcus Cousins? Right. Run full court. Lead the break. Run a, yeah. <laughs> do a spin move between his legs around a guard at, at mid court. Yeah. And that's where, like, again, you there are a lot of things that I don't like about DeMarcus Cousins and his career and who he, he has been and some of the things he's done. But his evolution of the game, what he's meant to the game, it is completely ignored. Mm-hmm. Like that type of big man did not exist before DeMarcus Cousins. Mm-hmm. And now it's Cat. Now it's AD. Now like keep naming it. it's Demonis Sabonis leading a break. He he's doing that a lot because of what Demarcus Cousins was. Yeah. And so like there are these little doors that open that allows for the game to evolve in a different way. And I think it's beautiful. And yeah, it allows coaches to see and go or front offices to go, Hey, how do we get a version of that? Yeah. Or a coach going, Hey, get me a version of that so I can do X, Y, and Z with it. Or a kid on a playground who just happens to be taller than everyone and has to go play the five Mm -hmm. like in AAU ball when he's eight years old because he's taller than everybody Mm -hmm. but here he is playing point guard now yeah and and then he's going to be a seven footer that plays point guard that would have never got that opportunity in 1995 there's there's so many players like that who I look at and go you were just born too early yeah yeah Lamar Odom again talking basketball I know he's had his stuff off the court yeah of course but Lamar Odom as a 19 year old now because he was a seven footer and I know that like the Lakers used him in a couple different creative ways but that was 2008 2009 can you imagine Lamar Odom with his skill set coming into the NBA right now well that and and the evolution of Lamar Odom coming into the league now mm-hmm. would be with L- Lamar Odom's skill set but with a three point shot yes because that's how the game evolves it mm-hmm. like you take little things from everybody and I think it's the brilliance of Jokic, right? Yeah. We're, we're literally seeing like so many ingredients put into one player and yeah. none of it makes any sense. <laughs> sure. But you can see every single little bit of Lotte and of uh, Arvidas mm-hmm. and like all of these players, you can see them all put into one. Yeah. And what he does, even, you know, there's some Patrick Ewing in there. There's like some Hakeem Olajuwon in there. Yeah. It's all of these players put into one. I think part of it is like the YouTube culture and all that stuff, sure. these players being able to mm-hmm. go and learn. But it's just that that is, I think, again, it what's, it's what separates the NFL from, I mean, the NBA from any other league. Mm-hmm. It's its its ability to organically grow 
where again, like now we see the NFL, they all pass and go crazy. That's, a, but that's the thing is, I think the NFL evolves, but it's all like, it, it all happens in the scope of one or two seasons. Yeah. And then there's this constant push-pull like, okay, offenses are winning right now, but hey, th- it's starting to lean more toward defense. Defenses are figuring it out. And then offenses are going to shift it back. Whereas with the NBA, it's like individual players yes. that come in and just change the the way a coach can use this player and use this group of players. And now every team is trying to catch up and that changes the game forever. <clears throat> yeah. I, I would say that where I... Where the NFL doesn't like Dan Marino in 1984 throws for just under 5,000 yards or right at 5,000 yards and what 49 touchdowns, yes. right? It was insane. Okay, insane because no one else did that at all. Right. But like Peyton Manning in his prime was was Dan Marino. He he just got to do what Dan Marino did all the time, mm-hmm. and and that's what I think a lot of like the NFL is. Like it eventually it changes, but it's so pass heavy now. I, I don't know, but it's not like they're doing something like Warren Moon was incredible mm-hmm. in the in the running shoot offense, spread offense, you know. And then he becomes like Jeff George becomes that player, and then mm-hmm. we keep seeing like these. So I guess there is a little bit of that. I guess the one thing I would say is that maybe the running quarterback, but even that, I like Randall Cunningham rushing for a thousand yards or right under a thousand yards, like. Yeah, there was a guy, Fran Tarkington, there was a guy who did that. And teams get better at <clears throat> maximizing those player skill sets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's more uh, what happens there. Leezy's been hanging out on hold. Oh. Get to Leezy. Yeah, let's talk to Leezy. 916-909-1320. That's the phone number. Hey, Leezy. Hey, Ham and Kyle, what's going on, guys? What's up, bro? Hey. What's up, bro? Hey, uh, just uh, two quick points before I get into the point of my call. Hey, uh, I want to say one of the best things about your show is your organic conversations. Like that whole COVID thing, that was great. I know it probably wasn't on the rundown, but it was awesome. I loved it. And Ham, you've been talking about this book forever. I'm going to buy it the second you put it out. (laughs) Uh, The Big Man and the Big Ham. Let's go. Um, (laughs) That's probably not the title. But the reason I called, guys... um, I called originally to talk about the Kings and their expectations going into this year. Yeah. A lot of people seem to be, I don't know, upset or think it's unfair that the Kings should have been title contenders going into this season. But if you look at last season, all the boxes they checked from coach of the year, clutch player of the year, breaking the playoff streak, there's no reason why the Kings shouldn't have been title contenders going into this season. And, you know, if we're going to talk about Fox being an MVP uh, type player, then the Kings, they definitely should be meeting these uh, these standards of being a title team. I know the roster, there's still things to be fixed. They're obviously defense, as you guys mentioned. Hopefully we get a defensive player. Mm-hmm. But I just don't think uh, all these people upset with people like Kevin O'Connor and others. I think they have the right for the Kings to be title contenders. So that's just my take I wanted to throw out there. Thanks, Lizzie. Thanks for getting us back on track. Um, <clears throat> so this is what I wanted to get to, for real, for real. Manny said this in the chat and it goes along with what Lizzie just said. And again, 916-909-1320, 916-909-1320 if you want to jump in on the conversation. Manny in, in the chatty house said, the Kings not being championship contenders isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's about growing and taking the next step. They get to the second round or the conference championship. That's a win in my book. And I think that's kind of, that's that's the crux of every discussion about the Kings right now. It's not bad that they are not title contenders right now. 
That is not a bad thing. It is not a failure if the Kings don't win a title this year. Unless you're one of those, win a championship or it's a lost season. If that's you, cool. All right. It's not me. Yeah. So for the Kings, realistically, I'm with Manny. Like, any kind of growth, any kind of step forward this year is, is good. And I think, you, I think you've gotten that from De'Aaron Fox. I think you're getting that from Keegan Murray. And you're kind of getting a, a chance to see, like, okay, can Keegan Murray be your number two scorer? Your that go-to second guy uh, to, to score the basketball. And then can he be that, that elite wing defender? Like, we're kind of figuring that all out. So I don't think, when we talk about what do the Kings need to do to take the next step, I'm not saying that from a place of this year this is bad. I'm not saying that from a place of they they need to make major changes. Like, no. But I think when you look at the Celtics and the Nuggets and the Bucks and the 76ers and all of these teams who are perennial contenders and they're constantly around, it's like, man, the Kings need to take a another step roster-wise to get there. It's not... Not a bad thing. They're in year two of this. Yeah, and I, I would add too, one of the things that stands out is that when you're trying to build something like this, it has to be put together in a specific way. Mm-hmm. But you have to allow for like Keegan Murray to become who Keegan Murray's going to become. Sure. Right? You can't just rush the process and think, oh, he has to be this right now. Mm-hmm. Right? And the Kings can't be who they're going to be without Keegan Murray getting to who he's going to be. And and so you have this this want to be great now, which mm-hmm. fans like they're star for 16 years. They deserve yeah. that that feeling of they want to see this team take a step. Mm-hmm. But if you could fast forward two years and see Keegan Murray in year three and or Keegan Murray in year four, and now he's solidified himself as this number three or number two score on your team and this top tier player. Mm-hmm. Well, that's we just don't have a fast forward button. And right. e- even if we did, there's still there's still other pieces that have to change. You know, again, I've said it so many times. Like th- the first iteration of the 1998 to 2006 Kings was Mike uh, was uh, Jason Williams and Tariq Abdul-Wahed starting. Mm-hmm. Like, there was no Doug Christie. There was no Mike Bibby. There mm-hmm. was no Bobby Jackson. It was Tony Delk, not Bobby Jackson. There are all of these pieces that change and morph over the, the history of that mm-hmm. team. And you're going to need that. The Kings are going to need that. So it's not, it's not disrespectful for us to say, like, look, Kevin Herter might not be the shooting guard that is at the end product of this team or that, Harrison Barnes might not be the small forward. Heck, Demona Simonis might not be the center when they get to a certain level. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Teams change. They, they, you know, every year, I think this might be the one year I've ever seen a team bring back everybody like in their top 10. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, well, this is different. This right. is weird. That's, yeah. Like, I, I'm not used to that. And it's a good team and, and they're trying to grow something and you get it. But by midway through this season, you will have a year and a half sample size of what it is that you need and what you players that you can push forward with and you can't. Yeah. And that's when you start to make moves. And that's why we talk about the making moves mm-hmm. because we're at that point where you can see the ceiling and how do you get through the ceiling? That's it. You, you got to have somebody who, who gives you something different that can help you burst through the plateau that you, you might hit to get to that next level. Yeah. I'm man. I'm right there with you. This is I I I believe if, 
this is not a knock on anybody else. This is me putting De'Aaron Fox on a pedestal. De'Aaron Fox is a 1A for me. That is the single hardest thing to get in building a championship team is that player that's like, this can be the best player on a title team for sure. I believe that about De'Aaron Fox. They have the hardest part out of the way. And he wants to be here, but key point. Hang on. I, I want to add, did you feel the same way about him last year? No, 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 no. Uh, we talked about, well, you and I didn't. <laughs> d- d- take that back. I spoke about that on the radio at, during the playoffs. As I went, I've, see, I've, got, I've seen what I need to see. He, he was really good in the regular season. He leveled up in the playoffs, and he was the best player on the floor at various points. And that is, and then doing what he's done this year to back that up, I'm sold. Yeah. So that's the hardest part. They got the hardest part out of the way. So now it's about saying, man, you know what? That game against Boston showed that they're not, they're not there yet. Isn't that a bad thing? That's not saying, oh, it's all a failure. Blow it up. It's just like, hey, all right, if we're measuring up, if we're doing the measuring stick thing, like, all right, they're still a little short and that's Mm -hmm. fine. What do they look like in January? What do they look like in February? We'll continue to look at this. And uh, it, again, if they go to the second round, even if they lose in the first round again, it's not some abject failure. It's just like, okay, like now what improvements need to be made? Yes. It's a learning process this year. So, and I don't think that's necessarily bad. Uh, Manny, I see you on the line, 916-909-1320 if you want to hop in on the conversation. We got more Kings coming up on ESPN 1320. You're listening to The Insiders with James Ham and Kyle Madsen, sponsored by Jiffy Lube on ESPN 1320 and 98.5 HD2, Sacramento's sports leader. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 